0: Grace Impact Ministries. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of The Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Joy and a privilege to be able to meet you here uh, each week as we study together uh, in God's Word, and, and this short time we have together each week, this is certainly not nearly enough time to uh, uh, to spend in God's Word. And I trust that you're a, you you have a daily intake of God's Word. But I also trust that you're joining us on a weekly basis to study with us and and to be uh, be instructed and challenged. And what you hear on a program like this, we call this program the Riches of Grace, because our desire is to proclaim the wonderful message of God's wonderful grace to us in Christ Jesus. We don't have something for you to join. We don't have something for you to be a part of. We we want to give you something. We want to give you uh, some information that that can set you free in Christ. Because if you you begin to understand who. God has made you in Christ, uh, then that new identity that you have in Christ and that understanding of it, well, then that will begin to work in you uh, and work out through you for God's glory. We've been looking at Romans chapter number six for the past several weeks, and we're going to go back there today and continue our study in this wonderful passage uh, about the, the identity that God has given believers and the equipping that God has given believers to live in time on planet Earth for God's glory. You know, when, when God saves you and he, and he forgives you your sins and gives you eternal life, the wonderful joy of having having the future secured and having a home in heaven, and I've said many times to you that if, if your religion won't, doesn't tell you where you're going to spend eternity, doesn't tell you where you're going to go when you die, and doesn't tell you for sure and forever, then that religion that you have isn't worth a dead horse. You ought to get off of it and go get one that will tell you those things. And the only place you'll ever find... Uh, eternal life, the only place you'll ever find the real confidence and the real assurance uh, for dealing with your sins and your failures is in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the good news, God's word to you about what he did for you when Jesus Christ died for your sins. To pay for everything that was wrong with you, he went to Calvary and died your death and then was raised again in order to give you his life. That issue of having your sins forgiven, I was talking years ago to a uh, to a man of a of an Eastern religion, and we were discussing some things and i was trying I, I was not familiar with his religious background and and the religion that he was a part of and and I was asking him about it and I, I asked him the bottom line question uh always is well, what do you do about your sin there's There's God and there's a holy God, and there's a righteous God. And what do you do about your sin and your failure? You know everybody's always worried about a loving God doing this and that and the next thing. What about you <laughs> uh, you know in in the Garden of Eden, Adam was blamed God for all the trouble. Uh, first he tried to shift the blame to uh to Eve, the woman, but he said, the woman thou gavest me lord it's really your fault, and that's just shifting the blame to say, What about you?" I mean, let's don't blame somebody else. Let's talk about the real culprit, you, and the things you're responsible for. Don't worry about the things you aren't responsible for. What about the things you are responsible for? What do you do about your failures? And this, this, this gentleman, he was describing all the things that his religion said to do about putting away your sin and stopping them. And, you know, I had to confess to him. I said, well, you know, you, you said do this, and I've tried that, and, and, and uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I found it to be something I couldn't really do. And he said, well, and then he gave me some more things to do, and and I just kept confessing the, the fact and the reality and the truth of my heart and what I knew his was that I really didn't do all those things. I didn't live up to all these standards, because no matter how hard I try, no matter how perfect you might think you can be, well, you do fail. You do drop the cheese off the cracker, buddy, don't you? And no matter how good, you know, that's what James says about the law. He says, if you keep the whole law and yet you offend in one point, then you're guilty of all of it. That's the problem with, with, a, with religion, is it gives you all these things to do, and, and then you don't do them. And even when you dumb them down, you know, you, you just make them a bunch of little ceremonies and stuff that you think anybody could get, get, get correct, you still don't even do all that right, and with a hard attitude. You're up there doing the ceremonies and and trying to say the prayer and, and and get the things done, and your mind's off on the fish on the golf course, or your your mind's over there on what's, what 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 Mary did to you, or you might you know you know how it is, your mind's drifting, and well you don't perform, and so finally this man said to me as I kept confessing, I said but I, you know I, I got to deal with my sin, what about the past? what about the guilt and the shame of what I already did, and finally he looked at me and he says well remember Christ died for our sins. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute, that's my message, that's my message. And what he had done is he, he'd gone out into another religion, and the, the answer to the real issue of life wasn't there. And my friend, that real issue of life today, what about your sins, what about your failures, what about your shortcomings? That's only answered in Christ. And Calvary is the answer. But it's not only the answer to your past, and it's not only the answer for your, your future, and, and if your religion won't tell you where you're going for sure when you die, if you don't know for sure, absolutely confidently for sure this moment, that when you die and you face God, he's going to welcome you into his heaven, and you don't know that as sure as if you were already there with the door shut and locked behind you, well, then you you, you whatever it is you're trusting isn't worth your eternal destiny. It's not worth your soul. You need to quit trusting whatever it is you're trusting that isn't giving you that confidence and isn't working and doing the job, and you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ exclusively. Rely upon him fully and only, because it's faith in Christ only. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, if, you've got, if you haven't settled that, you need to settle that today. Do you know for sure where you're going to spend eternity? You think a person could know? If they could, if you could know, would you want to know for sure and forever? Well, you can know. And all you have to do is trust the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a question about that, by the way, if there's something in your mind that you're not settled and you don't understand for sure, you listen very carefully at the end of the program, and we'll give you a phone number that you can call. And you'll find somebody on the other end of that line that can open a Bible and show you how you can know for sure that all of your sins are forgiven, that you have eternal life as a present possession, a home in heaven when you die, and life in Christ right now. Because, you see, my friend, Calvary is not only the secret for getting your sins forgiven and having eternal life in the ages to come, but Calvary, the crosswork of Christ, is the secret of the Christian life right now. Our faith standing on the facts of what God has done uh, for us in the person of Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. Our faith resting in an intelligent understanding of what God has done for us in Christ. That's what gives the Holy Spirit the freedom to bring that finished work of of Christ and his life into our daily lives and have it make an impact. It It takes faith. In the facts of our identity in Christ, uh, and and that's what gives our daily daily life. It gives gives us the daily benefits uh, of of growth in our in our life. The Christian life is not a struggle to bring your state up with your standing. That would be an endless task. You you could never do that. The Christian life is simply to accept as true, literally, absolutely, instantly, right now your perfect place and position and identity in Christ, and and thus to recognize and, and to reject as unworthy of your present actual identity, your old self and all of its workings, and to rejoice in and live in all of who God says you are in his Son. Now, all of that's what Romans 6 has been talking about. It's been giving you the basic facts, just the facts, ma'am. That's why Paul says, knowing. Verse 3, he says, know you not? Verse 6, he says, knowing this. Verse 9, knowing. You need to know what God has done for you at, at, at Calvary. How he made you one with Christ, and that you're dead with Christ. You die with him by faith in the operation of God. And then you're made alive with him. And then he says, knowing that. Then reckon ye yourselves also to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God. Know the facts, know what he's done for you in Christ, and then believe it, rest in it, reckon it. That's the way I figure it. That's it. God said it must be true. Walk in line with the facts of who you are in Christ. And then the fruit of that begins to be manifested in your life. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies so that you may obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That's the fruit of the faith walk in the facts of who you are in Christ. Sometimes people try to get the caboose in front of the engine. You gotta get the facts first. People say, "Brother Rick, I just want something practical, nothing any more practical than an understanding of, of of the facts of what God's done, so your faith can rest in it, and then that life, what God has done, can live in you. You see because of our of our death with Christ, of our identification with him and his death, we have the privilege of being able to present our bodies as vehicles for God's use." And we're, we have the capacity to have his life placed within us so that we can produce true godliness and true righteousness from within, from inside, out of us. A life, That's where life is, is inside, out of the heart of the issues of life. And God puts that life in us. That's why Paul would say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And that's why Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. You see, the, the step that deals with sin and, and, and provides the answer for sin's power in your life is our identification with Christ in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And let me say again, that is not a reference, that is not an allusion to water baptism. That is a a direct statement of the fact of our, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. We are literally baptized, identified in a living oneness and union with Jesus Christ. A vital, organic connection is made between us and Christ so that we receive His life. And God implants His life in us when we believe, by placing us into Jesus Christ. He's our legal representative, but more, he's our living Savior, a living representative. We have a a living—just like your hand is in living connection with your arm, which is in living connection with your body, and it's all one body, so we're all one in Christ. And that has an impact. And the reason that sin doesn't have dominion to rule and reign in your life any longer is so you're not under the law, but under grace, Romans 6.14 says. Uh, Sin is not going to win out over you. Uh, You don't have to yield to it because you're not under the law, but under grace. Um, That's, you know, I understand what people say. People say, well, if you're not under the law, well, then you just go out. If you don't have a law, you just go out and live in the way you want to live. Do anything you want to do, and uh, uh, you, you're just going to teach people to to uh, live in sin, and they'll never know how to live right. Well, you know, people say if you don't teach that, you know, if you teach that you're not under the law, then uh, people are just going to go out and, and and live like they want to live, and that's not what grace teaches. Titus chapter two, verse number eleven, Paul says that the grace of God, which is pierced to all men, which brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us. Now, instead of, instead of jumping to some conclusion that isn't what God says, why don't you let God tell you what grace teaches? If you really understand grace, Titus 2.12, the, the grace of God teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, what does the Bible say that grace will teach you to do? Deny ungodliness and worldly lust. It won't teach you to go live in ungodliness and worldly lust. It teaches you not to do that, to look at it and say, that's not who I am. Now, why would it teach you that? Because grace is all that God is free to do for you through the cross. What did Jesus Christ do at the cross? He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So when I see sin in my life or I see sinful choices, I look at them and I say, that's the thing that Jesus Christ died to put away. So what should I do? That's right. I should put it away. That's not hard. I mean, that's not this isn't, you know, this isn't nuclear physics here. This <laughs> is just simple life. That's what grace teaches me. And what do I put in its place? I deny ungodliness and worldly lust. I say, You have no act you have no right in my life, that's not who I am. I'm a child of God, I'm a saint of the most I so I put on Righteousness. I put on godliness. I put on the life of Christ, because that's what's in me. Now, when he says, sin shall not have dominion over you, Romans 6, 14, for the reason sin won't have dominion over you is you're not under the law, but under grace. And that's the key verse in, in victory over sin. Romans chapter 6, the key verse is verse 14. Um, I understand that, that, that people often misunderstand. They, people misunderstand this issue because they don't understand what grace teaches, or because they don't pay attention to what grace teaches, uh, when he says, "For you're not under the law, but un- under uh, under grace." By the way, he's not that. That verse is a whole verse. That's not all it said. It said, "For sins shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace." The issue of not being under the law, but, uh, but under grace, is more than just not going to church on Saturday because you're not under the under the Old Testament Jewish economy. It's it's more than that because this is going to this freedom and, and liberty of grace sets us free in Christ from the law of sin and death. Now when he talks about law and grace, there are two systems in the Bible. One is a system of law, one is a system of grace. Um, There are two systems you can be governed by. God originated both systems. They are both perfectly wonderful and good systems. The law is just, it's good, it's holy. It's just not the system God has you under today. The law system works like this. Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6, God told Israel, If you will obey my commandments, and if you'll keep my covenant, then you should be a peculiar treasure unto me. If you, you obey, then you get the blessing. Uh, under the law, you get what you deserve. God pays you back for what you do. And everything depends on you. Everything depends on your performance, your effort, your achievement. If you obey, you get the blessings. If you don't obey... Well, then you're to, if you disobey, you're going to be punished. That's the reason Galatians 3 says that uh, um, everyone that's under the, the works of the law is under the curse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And see, so the problem with a with system of rules, regulations, and laws is that sooner or later, it's going to dawn on you that you can't keep them perfectly. Therefore, you are disobedient, and you're going to get the curse, not the blessing. Now, that system of law performance, whether it's in the Bible, the Mosaic law, or the Messianic law, either way, that's the way God in the Bible dealt with the nation Israel. And because Israel and the Mosaic law could not keep it, God under the Messianic law will put His Spirit in them and cause them to walk in His statutes and keep His judgments and thus get the blessings that God promised that favored nation. But that system is not the system of operation that God has members of the church, the body of Christ under, in the dispensation of grace. So we don't, we don't work in relationship to God today on the performance-based system of conditional blessings of the law. And if that's the way you're operating in your Christian life, or in your life with your spouse, or your life with yourself, then you are not walking in the Spirit, you're walking in the flesh. He that is led of the Spirit will not be under the law, Galatians 5.18 says. The Spirit of God never leads anyone to live under a performance-based acceptance program. The Spirit of God never leads you to make your spouse live uh, up to your performances before you give them blessings and acceptance and love and ministry. It never requires you to do that with God or with one another. Grace is the opposite. Grace, well, grace is the free gift. It's the, the free gift of grace. Um, it's God giving the gift. Now, if God gives the gift, then who pays for the gift? That's right. God does. You see, to say it's a gift system doesn't say the gift didn't cost. People say, well, that's just cheap grace. That's, that, that's so silly. Don't you ever cost, call anything cheap that costs God the blood of his own son? If Jesus Christ purchased the church of God with his own blood, don't say the gift of eternal life, which is by Jesus Christ, is cheap. It just didn't cost you anything because you didn't have enough to pay. You, you had nothing to pay. So he paid the, the, the price to get the gift, purchase the gift, possess the gift, and give the gift. Jesus Christ paid the price. So don't you ever... Nobody that understands what grace is would ever call it cheap, because they understand that the gift was paid for with the coinage of the blood of Jesus Christ, his very life, sacrifice, sacrificially given, given up for you. But what grace is, it's the gift principle. It's God gives you, by grace you say that, not of yourself, it's the gift of God. Why? Well, God gives you the blessing as a free gift because you couldn't pay for it. You failed to come up with the required price. And so God, in his love and grace, in his great mercy, his great grace, and his great love, gives to you, as a free gift, life in Christ Jesus. That's why he says you're, you're complete in Christ. How else would it be when you were in Christ except complete and sufficient? He says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How else would it be to be in Christ and to be anything less than blessed with all spiritual blessings? I mean, Romans 8, 32 says, He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he gave you Christ and put you in Christ, what would there be that he he didn't give you with him? That's what grace does. And sin should not have dominion over you because you're, under the, un, un, you're not under the law, but you're, not, you're under grace. You're not trying to do it yourself. You're trusting what God did for you. And your faith, resting in this identity that you have in Christ, gives God the Holy Spirit the capacity and the freedom to take that truth of who you are in Christ and bring it into the reality of your life on a daily basis. Why don't you quit struggling today and start trusting? Why don't you quit trying to perform and do to get God to love you and just let God love you in Christ? And then let the love of Christ constrain you. Love him not to get him to love you, but love him because he first loved you. You see, it's what he's done, his life, living, residing in us. As we then have a faith walk, a trust, just our faith resting and an understanding of who God's made us in Christ that lets that life live out through us, and that'll affect your life. It'll affect your relationship between you and God, where you're at peace and you're in harmony, and you appreciate. And even in your failures, you know that rather than defining you by your failures, Calvary's already taken care of that, and you can define define yourself like God does in His Son. It can affect your marriage, where you don't, where you're free to serve your spouse and rather than requiring them to perform a certain way for you to have satisfaction you can give them the gift of love and grace it'll work on your job it'll work in every area of your life as you just live in the identity God's given you in his son let me give you a free bible study tape that'll help you understand this more thoroughly and help you understand how to apply it in the details of your life the tape is entitled Dead Men Walking. Now, what are you talking about, Brother Rick? Well, we're dead with Christ and alive unto God in Him. Crucified with Christ and over that I not I but Christ in me. Bring your identity, bring the victory that you have in Christ into the details of your life, into your experience, the passionate walk based on faith and intelligent understanding of God's Word to you. Let me give you this free Bible study tape Dead Men Walking. To receive your free copy, simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me here at at, at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. My friend, we also want you to know about Grace School of the Bible because we have a we have a rather uniquely designed 3-year Bible Institute program available on an extension basis. Our school is is unique in in several ways. First, we we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer in our curriculum. Rather rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies that are Uh, used by most Bible institutes and Bible schools and seminaries, we we followed a clearly designed outline and pattern for edification that's found in Paul's epistles. And what that does is it allows students to grow to maturity uh, the Pauline way and, and to quickly be prepared for the ministry that the Lord has for them. Another another uniqueness of, of Grace School of the Bible is that it's offered on an extension basis through the use of a video. In other words, we we send the school to you rather than requiring you to come to us. And what that does is allows you to enjoy the regular sound Bible teaching and edification in the comfort and convenience of your own home and to fit it into your own scheduling demands and the, and the ministry that perhaps you already have where you are. If you are or you have ever desired to be, a serious student of God's Word, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 888-535-2300. And let me also say thanks to those who are helping us to keep this program on this station. This is uh, genuinely listener-supported radio, and I hope you're encouraged to know that there are folks in your area who love the Word of God rightly divided, and who rejoice in the message of grace and the joy of the grace life. My friend, if you don't have a fellowship to attend this week where the message of grace is taught from the rightly divided Word and the grace life is clearly proclaimed, call me, and we'll put you in touch with a group in your area where you can find that fellowship and encouragement. Our number again is 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me at any time at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. And, friend, if you're still not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That number, again, is 888-535-2300. Thanks for joining us today, and until we meet again this same time and place next week, Maranatha. I want to leave. what Seminole County residents are saying about Clerk of Court Grant Malloy. I have known Grant for maybe 15 years or more. You can tell that Grant has been the same person. He stick to his commitments. He's honest. Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller Grant Malloy has a proven track record of progress and innovative ideas that help everyone. As your Clerk of Court, Grant Malloy has created many new and expanded services, both online and in person, which assist and save time for the citizens. In fact, under Grant's leadership, the citizens of Seminole County now have an award-winning Clerk office. As your troller, Grant Malloy keeps our tax dollars accountable and increased investment returns, which have earned millions of dollars for the citizens of Seminole County. Grant has modernized Clark's office, making it easier and more comfortable to interact. New ideas that can be upgraded to our current modern technological society, but also do it in the least costly way. Vote Grant Malloy, Seminole Clerk of Court. Find out more at grantmalloy.com. Political advertisement, paid for and approved by Grant Malloy. Republican for Simmel County Clerk of the Circuit Court and Comptroller. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com, Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and Radio.com. Faith comes by hearing the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word. Florida's powerful voice in Christian talk radio. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. W26ACT Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful...